0: How are we? how are you doing? It's good to see you guys so thank you for coming this morning to uh, worship with us at Sunset Hills. I'm one of the pastors You uh, Pastor Steve in a little bit as we'll worship with uh, the word and just hoping that that's going to do a great work on your heart this morning. you know we, we get into uh, coming into public worship services sometimes with just uh, heavy hearts and uh, difficult things throughout the week and to come into the room singing oh happy day is interesting because uh it conflicts with you sometimes like you're like oh happy day but you have no idea what i just experienced like just yesterday and so listen god knows it and he actually doesn't want to minimize any of that pain or that difficulty that you might be going through but he does want you to realize that it is a glorious thing to be able to see that he's the one that we can trust in our difficulties, in our sufferings, in our trials. And I hope that you do. And I hope that we can be able to be a trustworthy church to you, to be able to pray with you, to counsel you, to be able to lead you to uh, just the throne room of Jesus in worship this morning and just in community with one another. So would you do me a big favor as we're just kind of here? Some people are coming in. Would you do me a favor and just say hello to two or three people around you Just say, hey, welcome to Sunset Hills. Thanks for coming.
1: Bye.
2: Of the things that I'm so thankful for is that uh that I get to worship in a church that's multi-generational and I was talking with someone just this weekend and I was talking to him about trusting God and I was trusting about something and this wise person a few years older than I am said well when's the last time he's let you down and I said well I can't think of a time ever he said that we, he just reminded me, he said, I can trust God for my tomorrows because he's been faithful in my yesterdays and my todays. So this morning, I'm just so grateful that I can trust him. And this song talks about that. We can trust him because he lives. Sing along with us this morning. God sent you
3: Some stuff down is after I'd already planned my sermon and and I was just in my office a little while ago and, and I was kind of going through Facebook maybe not a good habit to do but we do it right this question popped up and I thought man who is your go-to person when you feel like the world your world is falling apart That's a really interesting question it's interesting that we sing this song and we're doing it right now because i had planned this in my sermon but i thought man it fits right now perfectly and i looked at there were a lot of answers that people had given folks had said my best friend others said many of their family members like their son or daughter sister wife husband people that you would expect that would be people that they would lean on at a time like that others said my best friend some said my dog my cat interesting i wonder what the dog or cat said back sadly one person said jack daniels And then there were some who said, nobody. One cannot rely on someone else to fix their broken world. Others said, me. I'm the only person I can count on. And sadly, so many of those people have missed it. Because we have a God that we can count on. And we have a best friend that was sent so that we could face tomorrow without any fear, without any worry, to know he loved us so much and gave us that opportunity. Let's just sing that chorus again. Because he
4: lives, I can face tomorrow.
2: you more God I'm grateful that there's people around me that remind me that God you've always been faithful in my life and God you're going to be faithful tomorrow I have no doubts about that Lord as we enter into this time of spoken word God, I just pray that you just anoint this time God encourage our hearts God I hope that our hearts encourage you worship this beautiful, sweet time. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray this morning. Amen. You may be seated today.
3: Seems like every week, unusual things happen and I don't know, It just older, I guess, like there seems to be no typical week that happens. You never know exactly what's going to take place, as Eric was talking about the burdens that that maybe we're walking into, and the things that we carry, we we never know what it is that people are going through um, within our church family, and as well as outside of our church family. I have this coming week, a busy week ahead, have opportunity to preach in where the church that um, was where I got saved and baptized in the creek in the country. I'm going to Brush Creek in Smith County and we'll be preaching on Tuesday evening in a revival and then I have uh, opportunity to do a wedding this coming Saturday and again preach on Sunday. And you never know what's going to happen. Just like this past week, I was um, um, asked to to do a funeral service. And it was for uh, a good friend of our churches, a church member, George Moss. If you haven't seen George in a while uh, here, many people would not know him. But George uh, passed away. He spent about, uh, I don't know, a couple of months in Bethany Healthcare. I'd gone to see George and had a brief conversation with him, and um, and then he passed away. And at first, they were not going to do any kind of service. George did not like to do funerals, and so they were going to sort of honor him and not do a funeral service per se. But then, so when I talked with his uh, son-in-law, they said, well, um, we've decided we would like for you to come and speak at uh, George's for just to the family during it It was just a short visitation and so I went on Friday evening and spent some time with the family and just a handful of us there and in the visitation room at uh, the funeral home um, there was um, we had his like short memorial service and I had uh, planned on using my iPad that I had to, to make my notes of. Normally, I like to use paper because you never know when electronics are going to fail. And fortunately, I had carried a copy of my notes with me. And, but I'm looking around, and there is no place for me to lay my iPad, which, by the way, did not work. And I reverted back to my notes and was using them and I will say it is the first time that I've ever used a Jack Daniels whiskey barrel as a pulpit (laughs) it's all I had available and you know what I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ even if it's on a Jack Daniels whiskey barrel I've done some unusual funerals in my time I mean I've had a visitation, a, 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 a literally a, a casket-open visitation in the middle of a street under an oak tree beside the cemetery once, but I've never used a, maybe, no, I don't think it'd be good to bring a Jack Daniels barrel in here. We'll stick with this pulpit here. You good? How you feel this morning? There's a good spirit here this morning, is there not? Was that Jack that said, yay? bless jack's heart what he was so happy what more song he was ready to sing that's pretty good. he's not even two years old yet is he oh man that, that's bringing them up right kelly teach them how to worship like they're supposed to right good job do these phrases sound familiar to you salt of the earth light of the world eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth about this one we don't like too much turn the other cheek go with them two miles love your I mean it's easy to say love your friends love your family but love your enemies that phrase seek ye first do not judge lest you be judged Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. All of those sound familiar, right? I mean, we're very familiar with phrases that uh, I just, and plus many more that I just talked about. Do you know who said these words? Do, do, Do you know? Who said these words? I hear some folks kind of, Jesus said them, right? He's the one who said them. They're part of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave to his disciples. Actually, the, the, that's who they were in. This sermon was intended for to his disciples, but many other people were following. And so he shares a radical sermon with all those who were there. It's part of a long discourse called the Sermon on the Mount. And all the teachings of Jesus. This Sermon on the Mount, it's the longest narrative that we have recorded of Jesus' words. And as he spoke those words, they're really timeless words. That what he said during that sermon is as relevant today as they were when he said it some 2,000 years ago. What he said there applies to us today. The relevance, of this, the relevance of this sermon uh, that he taught was important. In fact, it's found in two Gospels, but it's also the themes that are, uh, that are, are presented are carried out through other epistles throughout the New Testament. So it's a very important that we listen to what's being said here because in this, this sermon that Jesus does, it teaches us much about what we believe, and we should know what we believe, but it also goes beyond. It says, this is how we're to behave. He, he's giving this sermon. He gives directions to the Christian life where we're, we're told how to respond because of us being saved. Doesn't necessarily tell us how to be saved, that comes later, but he tells us how to live because we're saved, and this is how a a believer, a Christian, should live his or her life. In this world, there are a lot of folks who have a great deal of disdain for Christianity. In fact, in some of those answers to that Uh, question that I gave responses to earlier. Um, There was, when people would say, uh, mention Jesus or God, that's the one, he's my go-to, there would be smart aleck answers given in reply to that response. A lot of people who don't have a lot of an affinity for Christianity. They don't want anything to do with it. And 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 more and more we're seeing that. But here is one thing that should be happening today for sure. Those, those that this world, those people who make that response, they need to see true Christianity. They need to be able to experience what Christianity is all about, what real truth is, unfortunately it seems that in today's time there doesn't appear to be a whole lot of difference between people who call themselves believers and those who don't. That's a sad commentary on our Christianity Lost people need to see that Christ has made a real dynamic difference in those whom he has saved. People need to see that. And what better way to demonstrate that difference than by doing the words that Jesus teaches in his Sermon on the Mount? He was a different kind of teacher than what they were used to. He spoke with authority. He he didn't recite the law and the rules and the regulations that were attached to the law uh, like the other teachers did. He speaks truth in a way that they had never heard before. And, And on top of that, he practiced what he preached. His life was consistent with his teaching. And here he is, he chooses a setting far away from a typical place where teachers of the law would actually teach. To, he, he chooses a place to deliver his sermon. Now, let's just kind of do a quick review of what was in that sermon. He begins with the Beatitudes, and then he outlines attitudes toward life that lead to joy and that lead to blessing and that honor God. And he tells us, don't hide the light that you have. Let it shine before all people. He says that he is actually the one who is fulfilling the law and the prophets. He he has come to, to take care and fulfill what had been prophesied years earlier. He tells them to be careful about taking their cues from the religious leaders he says listen to God more than you listen to others and there's a great source a lot of source out there you can listen to he says put your priority first and listening to God and he tells us to be reconciled with each other before we go to God and worship He states that we should guard our thoughts lest they take over our minds and lead us into sinful actions. He says, live with integrity. When you say something, mean it, and then have a a reputation that is honest in the actions that you carry out. He says, this is pretty outrageous. He says, love your enemies... He goes on then and says, "Pray for them." He tells us, "Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Set your sights high. Don't blow your own horn when you do good." He teaches us to pray a, a kingdom prayer looking well beyond our own needs. He assures us of this. You don't need to worry. God is looking after you. Then he says this, put God first, and you know what's going to happen? He's going to supply all of your needs. He says something that we need to take a lesson from today, as well as all of this, but this one, don't judge. Ask, trust, and receive. Follow the narrow way. Make God number one. And then a little later on in Matthew's gospel, he challenges challenges us to change and become like little Jack. Become like a little child. To embrace the simplicity that is natural to young ones who know that they have much to learn, much to pick up on. So now that we know, well, let me ask you this. Would you say all of these teachings, all these words, are important? Yes? Would you say it would be? Are they important? Then why don't we do them? At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he issues a challenge. And he's saying to all of his listeners, those that were in attendance that day, those that have heard this sermon years afterwards, and then as we've listened to a summarized version of them, he's saying to this, listen, Hear these words, absorb them, take them in. He goes into great detail about what to do. As we will see, he takes them into a deeper than just hearing the teaching. He says, don't just listen to these principles. That's not good enough. He says, in addition to listening to them, in addition to absorbing them, you need to do what I'm teaching. Live it like he lived it. He spends a great deal of time teaching on what a Christian life is to look like in ways that buck the typical way that he would teach during those times. He's saying, You're going to live a life that should look different from those that are around you. And if you listen to me, this is how you do life. It's the life of a believer. And then at the conclusion of the sermon, he brings home the point put it into action in an effort to drive this home he tells them a story a parable of two builders if you want to turn your bibles to matthew chapter 7 we just have a few verses verses 24 through 20 from two different well one's not a translation one is a paraphrase but from one translation and, and a paraphrase first from the new international therefore everyone who hears these words of mine see he's going back he's saying all of those things that I just told you you heard them you hear these words that I put now he says and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock Kelly didn't know I was preaching this sermon today I didn't know he was singing that song that, that song we just did. He says, I will build my life on a firm foundation. Isn't it cool how the Holy Spirit works? Are you with me? Puts them into practice. He's like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine, here's a contrast, and does not put them into practice, is like a, say it, foolish foolish man, who built his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. And it fell with a great crash. So here's how the message puts it, and I like this. I think it kind of puts it in modern-day language that just kind of puts a little different spin to it. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing, nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in the Bible studies, (laughs) I think it's interesting how they put that in there. Bible studies. Don't work them into your life. You're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach when the storm rolled in and the waves came up and collapsed like a house of cards. Two different ways of building on two different foundations. He really doesn't talk here about uh, what could be seen of the building, but rather speaks about, How the foundations are built. What you build your life on really matters. And what Jesus does is to contrast these two different substances on which the foundation is built. One is rock, the other is sand. Rock is solid, less likely to move. Sand is shifty and certainly able to give way. Sand does not make a solid foundation. Foundations are important. Several years ago, I decided that I needed a storage shed to store wood and lawn equipment in. I looked around at various places that build them and uh, saw how much they were. And so instead of spending money, that amount of money, um, because I'm cheap, actually I'm not the one that's cheap in our family, Lynn's the one who's cheap in our family, she wouldn't let me spend the money, so I decided to build it myself. And. I had built a playhouse some years earlier, and this would have been pretty easy compared to building that playhouse. So I, I planned it out, and I I soon, uh, as I was planning out, discovered that I needed to run my plans by the local building code's office in Oak Hill, where I live. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to build it, but... I understood that if you start something they could make you tear it down and it just was not wise so I okay fine I'm gonna go to the codes office and run my plans by him and the administrator approved my plans after I talked with him but he told me this that I needed to have an inspector to come to to inspect the foundation no wait a minute I wasn't planning on putting a foundation in no it's like I was going to get those big, heavy, solid deck blocks that you get from Home Depot. You know what I'm talking about, and, and and put several of those down, and that's what I was going to build my shed on. And he said, "Well, when you get those set, give the inspector a call anyway for him to come out and take a look at them. They're just blocks. What's the big deal?" I did what he said, worked on getting them real level with uh, the dimensions of the building. You know, I was I had to dig some out and build some up, and, and, and so I get all of my, I think I used like uh, 16 blocks, maybe 12, I, and I just really worked hard on getting them level, and it took me a lot of time and effort to get them in place, and I'm thinking, okay, yep, that should hold up this shed that I'm building. I'm pretty good. So I called the inspector, and he came out, and, and he looked over everything, and he said, what is it that you're planning on putting inside of this building? And I said, well, lawn equipment, and I'm going to store some lumber because you guys know I'm a woodworker and I had all this lumber in my shop and I needed to move it out so I'd have room to build and so I'm going to do this and he says, and I said, I built this rack for this lumber to go on and, and I am going to. Move. I took him in and showed him this rack and he said, you're going to put that in that shed? I said, yep, I am. And he says, hmm, that's going to have a lot of weight on it, isn't it? And I said, well, yeah, probably. He said, you know what? If I were, if I was you, I would start all over again, sir. You don't know how much time and effort I put in all of this. He says, "I, I, I just, I, you know what? I can approve what you've done, but if I were you, I would take those blocks up and I would dig some holes and pour some concrete, and I would go down." A, pretty good ways and 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 then once you pour the concrete in then you can set the blocks back on it and it, it should work because you're going to have a lot of weight and I'm thinking I don't really want to do that that's a lot of work yeah two by two by two hose what am I going to do with all the dirt once I'm done with it you know you don't know. I'm, I'm thinking all this as he's telling me this, and I'm oh, okay. Yeah, sounds good. Uh huh. And you know what? When he left, you know what I did? Nothing. I left my blocks there. And I built on top of those blocks. And I put my big rack in there and started filling it up with wood and all sorts of things. You barely can get into it because of all this wood. And you know what all these years has happened? It's sunk. The back corner where that big rack of wood sits about two and a half to three inches or more, I haven't really measured it for sure because I'm kind of embarrassed about it, that whole back corner sunk into the ground. And when you walk in, if fact, it's a better description of when I back my mower into it, and I put my handles, uh, they're still in neutral, and I turn it off, you know what happens? The mower runs backwards. There's that much slope in it. Foundations are important. What you build on is of utmost importance. We, We get this, right? We understand this. People hearing Jesus talk about this it was a common thing they would have understood what it was he was talking about it's a real simple concrete concept here either you build on a foundation that is firm and the house stands or you build on one that is unstable and the house is going to fall it's a building concept that we used when we were building this building here you see up all this where you're sitting up all past here down to about to where the back wall is, that wall right there, is, was solid rock. All of this was solid rock. You could see it before we scraped all the dirt off. You could see that there were places where the rock would come up above the grass. People used to mow grass and they would break their blades on the, as they hit the rock. But beyond that, just beyond where that wall is, was not. It was, it was a mixture of soil and rock, boulders. And when it was time to build this building, what had to happen was all of that dirt back there had to be excavated out. All of those rocks had to be taken away. Now, it would make sense, it seems like, that, well, you could just build this part of the building on the rock, fill in back there, and everything would be good. But that wasn't the case. You know what we had to do? We had to shoot this rock. We had to dynamite this rock and, and, and make little rocks out of big rocks. And they spent months, really, making little rocks out of big rocks. And they took it all and piled it up and then kind of cleared it all out. And then you know what happened? They brought all the rock back in and and filled up here and they filled up back there so that it would be one solid foundation. Because if you'd had rock here and and dirt back there, it would have created what's known as differential settlements. In other words... Where your kids are would be falling off into a hole today had that not happened. This probably would have been still been standing, but that would have settled at a different time. There would have been a step, more than likely, of a couple of inches at least. That would have happened between. Now, you think I know a whole lot about that. I don't. Brett. I had to have Brett explain it to me. That's what it happens. Differential settlement. If you're not building on a solid foundation the same thing can happen in life here it is here's here's how we did it see one big pad it's hard to believe this whole building sits there but it's all on the same foundation a solid firm foundation and here we have in this story in this parable two builders two foundations and two houses and an impending storm and just a little bit about the two builders, it's assumed that both of them had a, would have heard the words of Jesus. Both of them were in the same need. They needed shelter. They needed a home to, to protect them from storm. The, both of them were likely had skills in order to build with. Both actually get, get the job done. They, they finish their houses, and you've got to give them both credit for that. So up until this point, there's a great deal of similarity between the two builders, but there is a difference. One heard the word and did, built the foundation right. The other heard the word and did not build the foundation right. Jesus looks at these men, and they're make-believe, they're, It's a story, but he tells the, about one was wise, and one was foolish. It's not enough just to hear from Jesus a lesson to apply today, but you have to obey what he teaches and put it into practice. And this is what the wise builder demonstrates here, a life of putting Jesus' teaching to work. The foolish builder was the one who just heard the teachings, but failed to do what it says. And you know what? We have a church full of that. I'm not talking about Sunset Hills. Actually, there are people here. You have to decide which one are you. But our churches are full of people who just show up on Sunday mornings, they get a little bit of teachings or some other time, and then they go out and live as if those teachings don't mean a whole lot. Like the foolish builder failed to do the teachings. And basically in Jesus' story, he says there are two kinds of people. The difference he says, between this folk are those who hear and do the teachings and those who don't. For those who hear and do the teachings, he said, you're going to have a foundation that when storms come in life, you won't be shaken. On the other hand, there are those who build their lives on things that cannot survive the storms of life. Jesus is saying, if you will follow my sayings, Your life will have a firm foundation. If you choose to ignore them, you can expect that you're going to have some difficult storms in life. That's going to come anyway, right? Storms will come. The difference is going to be how you go through the storms. He's speaking about the absolute necessity of building your life on the right kind of foundation. I don't know. If you noticed or not, but the bulk of the ideas in the Sermon on the Mount have to do with real-life situations. You can go back and study it. You and I as Christians are to be known by how we respond when those real-life situations come up. A life where there's no constant, ever-changing, with no stability, no foundation, you cannot count on. No matter what kind of materials you use, no matter how carefully you frame uh, the building together, no matter how skilled your craftsman may be, if the, sol- if the foundation is not solid and stable, your house is going to lack integrity. I really worry about how fast they're putting houses up today. They don't give a house any time to settle go in and pour footings and within a very short time day or two they start putting concrete block down for the foundation next thing you know they're throwing up timber on top of that if the foundation lacks integrity over time cracks will develop in the walls And the windows will stick, and the roof will leak, and sooner or later, the storms of life will bring it crashing down, and everything that you've worked so hard to build, be lost. The man who built on the sand, from all practical purposes, did a lot of things right. He was diligent. He was energetic. He was a hard worker. It's not an easy thing, especially in that time, to build a house. He had to carry stone and cut wood and form bricks out of clay. Probably took him weeks or months of backbreaking labor. But he doesn't quit. You've got to give him credit for that. He per- persevered until the structure was complete. And most likely for a while, maybe a short while. As he was building on the sand, maybe it was hard enough that the house would stand for just a while. Doesn't fall down right away. It doesn't seem to be defective as long as the weather was good. Perfectly adequate. As long as everything in life was just fine. It wasn't until the rains came that it collapses. This man managed to accomplish something that looked impressive and worthwhile. But it didn't mean that it was in good shape. Because underneath it all, just waiting for the real storm was a hidden weakness, a faulty foundation. And in the end, all the hard work that he did was for nothing because the foundation was faulty. It's possible in this life to accomplish a great deal without Christ. You can do that. One can build a successful business or career. They can make money you can have a reasonably good marriage you can have a wide range of circle of friends you can do a lot of good things by giving to other people or charity you can do a lot of good work in the community uh, you you can do some have a good time and enjoy life and you can do some important and big things impressive admirable things we have a we have a country full of these kind of people but eventually a storm is going to arise, and all of that will come tumbling down. On the other hand, let's look at the wise bill. Recall what Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine puts them into practice like a wise man. The rain came down, storms rose, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and yet it did not fall, because it had the foundation on rock. The difference was where they chose to build. Made all the difference in the world. Even a terrible, frightful storm could not destroy that house. An airplane came into a storm. There was some kind of turbulence that was shaking the plane. People across the plane were getting pretty nervous, and a businessman was sitting right next to a little lady who was knitting and singing as all this was taking place. The man, on the other hand, was really shook up. And after about the storm, he said to the lady, don't you think it would be a good time to be praying instead of singing and knitting? And she said, I did my praying before the storm broke. That's a life built on a rock. Do you want to know the secret to building a life that counts? A life that will last? A life that's going to make a difference for yourself and for others? The secret is not just hearing, but doing what Jesus teaches. If we belong to Christ, our lives are built upon faith in Him and obedience to His commands. In fellowship with Him through the Spirit, then there is literally nothing that can separate us from Him. Amen? Amen. Even when storms may rage, and we, even when we might become frightened and fearful, as we will do, even when we may come close to despair, no matter what happens, our faith cannot be destroyed. We cannot lose Christ or be lost by Him, His life, His teachings, His love, that is our foundation. You know, you may not think of yourself this way, but you're a builder. Every one of us is a builder. You're either building on wise or you're building on foolish. Are you building your life on Christ? Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, to build on anything else leads to great peril, to great danger. It's a place that when that storm comes or storms come, will not give us the assurance uh, having our life built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ gives us. He is our firm foundation. And I pray Father if there's someone here that has not established that foundation, that belief, that, that faith in him, um, today would be the day that they look to him to say, Save me. I want to build my life on the firm foundation. I want to be able to count on Him when storms arise. I want to live a life that's going to make a difference. By reaching out to Jesus, we can. Father, maybe there's some here that's going through a storm right now that just need to remember that your life is built when it's built on Jesus Christ that you're walking with them through the storm and we can count on you that he Jesus is our firm foundation that we'll get in touch with that again and maybe if there's a there's tension between how we're living and and what the Bible teaches us that we'll we'll go deeper within that trust and that belief Father, help us to do that. Father, if we need to respond in any way whatsoever during this time of invitation, may we not hold back, but we surrender to what you want us to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. The love
4: of God
3: is greater
4: far than tongues
3: when we are going through those storms of life, it don't have to be a huge storm. Maybe it's just a, just having a bad day. You just pull these words up to the song. Listen to it. You can find it all over the place. You can go back to our service and skip everything I said and get a great message there in the words of the song. It's just something that love of God it's amazing what it would do Please be seated
2: amen on the way uh, from life groups this morning I spent some time talking to someone and they were sharing their heart with me and just said I would love to share our church and what's going on in our children's ministry with with my neighborhood and with the, uh, the houses around my neighborhood and uh, Courtney's given us a great opportunity for that. We have Trunk or Tree, that's something that we uh, looked forward to last year, did a really great job with it. Courtney, I didn't see you sitting there, come on up here, let's talk about it. Um, She's done something really unique that I love. Um, There's some business cards that are printed uh, just outside and uh, I encourage you to pick up some of those business cards. Uh, We have some time between now and then. If you pick up all those business cards, we'll print some more, right Courtney? Talk to us a little bit about trunk or treat.
5: Yeah, so we are going to, on October 29th, from 6 to 7, have the trunks. We're going to decorate this year for at the beach. So think about sea animals, um, sandcastles, like different things like that. And then on that night, we're just going to kind of just hang out and just have a time that we can invite our community to come in and just serve them get to know them and hopefully just love on them as well so we have that um and then oh, we do have a camping trip this weekend if anybody's still interested in journey joining we have a few more spots so just let me know so we are going to enjoy some time together as a sunset kids
3: so also we have some of- more we still have a lot of spots that we need to fill for i have
5: enough for two more no, i'm talking
3: about uh, for trunk or treat
5: oh trunk or treat there's still lots of spots there's a spot in the back in the lobby that you can um, fill it up um, and so we would love to have you just host a trunk um, and then invite your friends as well so
3: all right so folks come on let's fill up these spots make sure we have a good showing for kids to come and do trunk or treat Last weekend,
2: I heard some great things about the men's retreat. We have our ladies' retreat. That's coming up right around the corner. Um, our student men's retreat coming up right around the corner. So God's doing some great things. Uh, we're excited about it. So.
3: Yep. And one of the good things that God has done is he continues to enlarge our church family here. And I'm happy to report. I'm going to ask Barbara Rains to stand. She's all the way on the back row back there. Uh, but Barbara Rains. <laughs> Well, you are clapping but you don't know what you're clapping for yet so but actually it is a good thing barbara and i spent some time together this past week and she is saying hey this place is special isn't it special it really is and uh she says i i just felt that the moment i walked into this building god just kept as I, she was driving through uh, our neighborhood going to another place to go to church she said that place is drawing me and uh, from the very first Sunday, I don't think she's missed a Sunday since, and uh, she's saying, This is where I want my church home to be so she comes to be a part of our church family okay and Paulette I failed to do this last week so both of you since you're you you will not have to be standing alone and do this I'm going to ask both of you Paul, that became a church member last week I'm going to ask both of you to go and stand in the foyer out there and as people go by they can shake hands with you and uh, tell them you uh, Their names and then you can share their names next Sunday morning when we all come back together okay all right if you would both of you just go out into the foyer out there as people leave then give you a chance to welcome you to our church now you can say give your applause to welcome Barbara into our church right we're good please stand I had uh, my grandson Finn came in this morning and you know, I'm, I'm thinking, man, you know, he's going to tell me a lot of great news. Hey, Grandpa, I am so glad to see you. Well, he doesn't do that. Instead, he says, the Vols won last night. <laughs> Pretty good. I, I'll take that, right? <laughs> Amen? Amen. If you're not a Tennessee fan, stay a little longer. I'll preach to you a little while longer. <laughs> Have a good afternoon. Have a great week, everybody.
2: Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take
3: a moment to personally
2: thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. Let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope, and you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us, and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.